up and get it going. It is a hump day, a happy hump day here on the Winkly. I am your host, the managing editor for Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, joined as I am here every hump day with my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Hump day. Hump day. Uh, before we get going here, uh, I wanted to uh, real quickly send out our regards uh, to Andrade. Uh, over the weekend, he, uh, he lost his mother. Uh, she passed away. Uh, WWE has granted he and his girlfriend, Charlotte, some time off right now, which is very nice of them and understanding of the circumstances. Um, he's on uh, such a roll right now. You know, they've really gotten behind him. Very sad to hear this news. Uh, if you listened to the Winkly yesterday, we had Rey Mysterio on, and Rey actually uh, compared Andrade to Eddie Guerrero, which was, um, you know, some, some next-level compliment stuff there uh, for Andrade. So just want to send out our best here at the top of the show. Hope you, Charlotte, the rest of your family uh, are doing well considering the circumstances. Um, and uh, on that, let's get to the show here today, guys. Uh, it's going to be a big one. I've got Justin here riding side saddle with me, like I said. We're going to be talking the news of the day here in just a moment. But right after the news, we got two big interviews today. Yeah, yesterday we just had the one big one, Rey Mysterio, but today we're doubling down. The first interview you're going to hear after the news is from the hottest free agent in all of pro wrestling. It is Eli Drake, the man who just got off the chain last week from Impact Wrestling. He's going to talk to us all about uh, his time at Impact, what led to his leaving Impact, uh, not accepting the match with Tessa Blanchard at United We Stand, why he didn't think that was a good match for him, uh, and what his future plans are. So you guys are going to enjoy that. And then right after Eli Drake, we have the brand new Ring of Honor television champion Shane Taylor is going to be here on the show today. Uh, he's got an upcoming, uh, his first big pay-per-view title defense against Bandito at Ring of Honor Best in the World. Uh, and he's also been teaming with Bully Ray here uh, quite a bit in the past few months. So, uh, yeah, I put the ROH TV champ on the spot. We talk about the Bully Ray incident with the fan from last week. So a lot to get to uh, today. But before we get to those big interviews, let's use some. Uh, let's do some news you can use. News that'll leave a bruise and uh, feel a little bruised here uh, to set the tone uh, for the uh, for the news of the day. WWE Raw drew an average of 2.125 million viewers this past Monday night. This was the lowest non-holiday Raw uh, viewership in history. The only show to draw a lower number was the 2018 New Year's Eve and the 2018 Christmas Eve taped episodes. Uh, they drew just under 2 million. The first hour this past week drew 2.38, second 2.086, and the last hour under 2 million, 1.909. Now, they had some big competition that night. Uh, I know there was a big NBA game that night. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the trend continues here, Justin. Uh, were you surprised to see this big of a dip uh, for Monday Night Raw? I really wasn't. Uh, you mentioned there was a there was a big NBA game. Uh, you know, the Raptors could have uh, you know could have could have won the NBA championship had they won uh, their game. And you know Kevin Durant was coming back. So there's a, there's a lot of it for NBA and just for, just for sports fans. There's a lot of storylines going to that big game. So that naturally you know creates a problem there of competition. But just to Raw itself, and it actually applies to SmackDown. They just it just nothing must see. There there's no there was just nothing must see. You could have not watched either show. You you wouldn't have had a regret about it, and you could have picked up next week and watched, and you would have and you and you wouldn't have been lost, and that's not good for episodic uh, weekly TV. There just wasn't anything to see for as for as talented as Seth Rollins is, for as as entertaining as I do think Sami Zayn is right now. I think he's doing his best work he's ever done in WWE. Um, the the, the, the you know that being the main event and, and going to that and who's gonna be a referee. I just it just that just wasn't compelling. I, I well, there was nothing that was keeping me on the hook to like have to see. The only thing that's must see at the moment regularly for raw is what is bray wyatt's next segment going to look like yeah but you know how that's going to be packaged and you know that they're going to release it 
isolated on on online so you can just you know check that out whenever you want i mean really at this point i'm kind of just waiting to see whenever how and when bray wyatt appears on live television that that's the biggest hook to me yeah um so not surprised at all no yeah now i it's true, man. Like, coming out of Raw last night, there wasn't a whole – like, I usually – I like to talk about the news coming out of shows. There's really no news coming out of SmackDown last night. There, were, if, Like, again, if you missed it, you didn't really miss anything. You, got, you missed the return of Big E. You know, he was back in, you know, the main event there uh, last night. Uh, and and maybe maybe if you're a fan of the 24-7 stuff, you know, I, that's across both shows right now. The, the saga of what wacky thing is R-Truth going to get into. I even kind of enjoyed the SmackDown stuff where we have R-Truth in a box – Right now, uh, it's goofy, but I do see it as like the only real other than the Bray Wyatt stuff. It's like that's the only kind of unexpected, fun, playful uh, storyline right now that I feel like anybody's really getting excited for. Yeah, I mean, you know, in case you missed it, uh, Biggie came back, huge pop. Our truth is locked in a box, and uh, Alexa Bliss had on uh, pink latex. Yep, and there and there you go. <laughs> that was SmackDown last night, and you know, it is. You know, I remember it. it it reminded me of the John Moxley interview with Jericho where he talked about like how he finally got to do his big comeback and they just kind of threw it away. You know, Big E has been off becoming like the king of Twitter or something. This six man tag wasn't terrible, but they're, you know, it was designed around Kofi Kingston more, you know, especially with the story they started telling at the top of the show about how he'd beat all three men and, and everything like that. So uh, it, it did. It just felt like, I don't know. They, they could, they didn't get enough out of the Big E return. In my opinion, I would have liked to seen him maybe showcased a bit more in this return and, and, and hyped a bit, if that makes sense. Well, on the one hand, they they built in the match to his hot tag, which the people lit up for. But on the other hand, uh, you know, so but, but also I wonder if they did a six-man tag, maybe just to ease him back in, maybe maybe health, maybe just physically, injured, rather than putting the stress on him to do a, a singles, they thought, figured, okay, let's 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 you know surround him with you know five other people, and you know let's let's the first time we've been able to put all three members of the New Day in a match together, so. Um, so I didn't mind that so much again because they, they really did build around to his hot tags. I, I didn't mind that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just just nothing, just nothing, nothing to write home about. Well, and I feel you know because with the with the steel cage stip here that they've got at Stomping Grounds with Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler, you know, one of the reasons you have a steel cage match is to keep people out, right? So now we have a whole bunch of people involved, which I could see creating all kinds of different circumstances and, and, and bits throughout the bout. But it also it, it was interesting to me as I was sitting there thinking about it, like why would they put him in a cage? Because it really you know other than the fact there there are a couple of these. Per- for you old players in the background you know I, mean, I could i don't know just uh armchair quarterback a bit here i could see paul Heyman locking the beast in the ring with whoever comes out of that way uh that ring the winner there or, or wins the, the belt in that steel cage match that would be fun i mean and right now i mean what is stomping grounds i mean even even though i know they have a they have you know that match announced i mean I, there's just no i don't know if it's come i don't know if it's because it's, it's so close to the, the saudi show or if it's just the content in general or maybe all of the above i just like and then you know go on to go on to the ticket sites i mean stomping grounds is not i think it's in i think it's in tacoma washington um not selling well oh it's not <laughs> I mean, sold it's just, out oh okay that's pretty no it's not it's not selling well there are there are way too many good seats still available um for a show that's less than two weeks away well, uh, WWE is trying to find something right now to grab people. Probably couldn't have been uh, ecstatic with the interview John Cena gave TMZ the other day uh, where he was asked about if uh, Goldberg and Undertaker should retire after their uh, match that was critically panned here at Super Showdown. Uh, he said, you know, it's up to each man to decide when it's time, their time to hang up the boots. But he noted here at 42, you know, he is considering himself, you know, calling it a day as an in-ring performer here. You know, he's got this big role coming up here in Fast and the Furious 9 that's been uh, confirmed. Not great news if you're WWE to hear a guy like John Cena maybe maybe doesn't want to wrestle anymore. 
Well, I don't think Cena's ever going to officially like be done, done. You know, I think he's going to be one of those guys. There might be a point in time where more than a year goes by uh, that, you know, that we see him in, a, in the ring in a match. But I, I think he, you know, he's always going to be kind of like The Rock, but he's obviously he's not as big as The Rock, at least not yet in Hollywood. You know, he's always going to be in such good shape. That's just because he takes care of himself. So he's always going to be able to, you know, step in the ring at pretty much at any time. And he's John Cena, so you don't need a whole lot of build anymore. It's just like most of the legends. Um, so I don't think he'll ever completely stop. But I mean, I do think you know, he's joining the Fast and the Furious, and he's just he's getting busier and busier, and his profile is raising in Hollywood. It's just not a good sign for WWE in the sense of they just, you know, they just they just they have they, they, it's gonna be tougher to get on a schedule. Essentially, you know, it, it, he you know he's it's that's just, that's a tough thing. Um, you know, and, and they're not, you know, they don't have the next John Cena. I mean, you know, they have, you know, Roman Reigns is not the next John Cena. And, they, and they've, you know, especially according to Moxley and a lot of other people, they've handcuffed with such limitations to allow anybody to truly try to break out and become the next John Cena. Yeah, very. Yeah, again, it's just another big uh, puzzle piece off the table for them there with John Cena uh, not being around as much as they have. You know, and, and I think he said it, I think. Reigns may have said something along the lines as well, where it's not one. There's not going to be one John Cena or Hulk Hogan type character. It's going to be a group of guys that lead the way here for WWE in the future. And and, and I don't know. I mean, I'm all about having a a, a packed roster and stuff, but you got to have a leading man or woman here. And uh, I'm with you. I don't know who that is right now. Uh, I will say we did get some good news yesterday on the show uh, out of the Mysterio in- interview. Uh, it does sound like Ray will not be out that long dealing with uh, his injury. He's going through rehab. He could be back by the end of June, early July. And, uh, you know, again, it's like Andrade off right now because of the passing of his mother. But, you know, him coming back here towards the end of the month, Samoa Joe uh, still uh, still has a hot feud with Ray. You know, he's a guy right now, just listening to the passion I hear in his voice and, and knowing, you know, how popular he is. Um, you know, I hope they do more with Ray here when he comes back because I think there's a lot on the table still to go with him and and Dominic, who we haven't really seen anybody do anything with. You know, look, Ray is, Ray is a legend. He's a legendary performer. Um, he is still a draw. Uh, he's a great guy. That being all, that being said, I, I do think in some ways it might be tough for WWE to, booking wise with him. Uh, how, how much do you put behind it? I, I mean, I feel like, and this even goes back to. The, the, you know the last times that Ray was uh, was was regular with WWE, I just feel like he's only he's only healthy for so long. And part of that, I know, is you know he's worked a very you know he's worked a, a, a you know a style for for a very long time. And I know you know he's, he's had you know kind of like Jeff Hardy, he's had to tone it down to a certain point and you know bring certain moves out only on the big occasions. But I just feel like Ray only only so many months go go by until Ray needs a little bit of time. And that's I mean that's I mean you know it's a physical business. I get it, but I, I think that. To me, that makes it hard to try to invest too much of a story when, you know, it's like, all right, we're going to get three or four months and then Ray needs to take a few weeks off. That's I, what this is what it seems like. I, I get that. I get that. I guess it's just for me, you know, as we're sitting here talking about how the John Cena piece is off the table here. It's like how many guys feel special right now, you know, that you can do big business with. And there's not, you know, a whole ton at the moment. Ray Mister is at least a guy where you can get in there and. Uh, again, yeah, uh, hopefully he can, can stay healthy here. But, I, you know, a, a program with him and Andrade that's more storyline-based, you know, him and Joe, yeah, they had a couple injuries here, you know, but they, they were healthy and ready to go at WrestleMania. They could have put on a classic if given the time here. Um, they just weren't, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I get you. Um, well, somebody who uh, – let's – now, here's – we're going to get into a social media block. We had, like, four Twitter stories, so I'm going to put them all back-to-back here. Now, first of all, uh, Sasha Banks – has liked the following tweet on Twitter. With every passing Raw and SmackDown, I grow less and less interested in the product. I'm starting to realize that I'm supporting a 
S-word company for its past greatness rather than critiquing its current bull S-word. I can't even sit through Raw or SmackDown anymore. Uh, she has also recently liked a tweet from Cody a couple months ago where he tweeted at the AEW, or a couple weeks ago, AEW all-out seating arrangement. So while uh, you know she was at the 2K tapings in Orlando over the weekend, um, these are not <laughs> particularly glowing tweets here that Sasha Banks seems to be putting her stamp of approval on. No, um, and, you know, it's probably, you know, she probably, I don't mean you'd assume, agrees or, or thinks similarly. And uh, quite frankly, it's, that's probably not just her. It's probably, it's probably quite a few guys and girls who, 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 who can line up with tweets like this. Um, it's just right now, Sasha's kind of in a place, it seems like, where she's like, you know, F it. And, you know, she doesn't care. She'll like them and, or she'll retweet them or whatever. And, Jeez. I mean, at the, this point, it seems like, you know, from what we can tell, it's like, all right, what's what's – What's what's the worst that happens? They they let her go, and that seems like that might be what she wants. Just, uh, or yeah. you know, I mean, it's a dare. You know, it's, like, it's like a dare. You know, like, that's well, that's it goes back to what Big E had said. I think what it was like a week ago. It's like if you if you're one of these talents who's disgruntled, I, I mean, and unhappy with things. And I, and I don't know necessarily if Big E's unhappy, but just but the, the, his comment of saying he you know he couldn't get fired if he tried. Um, it's kind of like all right, what's the worst that happens? They they they, they let you go, and now all of a sudden you're 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 a big name free agent and in one of the hottest you know times right now in terms of the business evolving and expanding so um you know it, it, i i'm not i'm not really surprised anymore now when i see talent when i see WWE talents um, the, the the only thing that surprises me at all in this whole who liked what on twitter <laughs> is triple h and or whoever runs you know i mean triple h obviously you know he doesn't not every tweet is probably from him uh, but at least i'm pretty sure of that you know but when we see the triple h liking the tweets and then taking it back that 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 criticized vince um i get surprised publicly that he would do such um that's about the only thing on twitter that surprised me in terms of this whole like who liked what who retweeted what oh man ridiculous uh well matt riddle uh he got in on his social media game this weekend as well or this week uh, after raw he tweeted, Lacey Evans is S-word, absolute S-word. She effing sandbag Bailey on that Bailey to Bailey. Don't effing at me at hashtag raw. Uh, this one just caught me off guard because, like, you know, Matt Riddle has been critical of Goldberg recently. They've had their, you know, their stuff. But this is him going after a female talent here. It's not like this is going to result in a match between the two of them. This has got to be something he genuinely feels about Lacey Evans, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I I like Matt, and you know, obviously he's he's becoming really good uh, as a pro wrestler. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't necessarily know if I agree with him. I saw the clip; I know what he's referencing. Um, but I I don't know if, it, if I mean I don't know. You, you I mean you could you watch and say oh Lacey sandbagged her and didn't help her didn't jump or anything, but it, that that I mean that that also could be just a just a just a simple timing thing. You know what I mean? That could just have been Bailey went when when Lacey wasn't ready. You know, it, I, I don't know. But then again, you know Matt Riddle's. Maybe he talked to Bailey, and maybe Bailey said, "Yeah, no, she totally, you know, who knows?" But uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty bold comments by the uh, Bro King. Yeah, no, well, King of the Bros, I think is what he's King called. Of the bros. He's back there to call himself King of the Bros here, and I wonder if it isn't just you know Matt Riddle, such a technical, uh, technically proficient pro wrestler here, uh, isn't making part of his gimmick just being critical of other wrestlers. But this one again, it's just I, if you're gonna if you're gonna tweet something like this, usually it's to to with somebody else that you're gonna be working with or you could you know mess around with but uh this one just seemed to be direct so i don't know what's going on with that one that was a weird one uh luke gallows tweeted the following after the club was not featured on smackdown or raw and uh, i believe uh, uh carl anderson was the third man eliminated in the 50-man battle royal uh at super showdown he just tweeted out 
yes, we are still employed. Update there from uh, from the club. Uh, employed and and, and 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 teaming with Triple H in Japan. <laughs> That's right. It's them and AJ, right? Isn't that what it is? Yep. Oh man, yep. couldn't get Finn Balor in there. Couldn't do the full club reunion. Had to had to work in H. Makes sense. Well, he can two sweep them. That's true. What a great moment. Um, here uh, in our last social media story, uh, really kind of tying this all together. Uh, busted open, chatted with the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair said he's still getting used to all this Twitter stuff, uh, and he actually had to call Edge to make sure that all of the stuff he and Becky uh, were saying back and forth on Twitter wasn't a shoot. And then Ric Flair confirmed, no, Edge told me this is all a work and completely gave away the business. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> he says he's trying to – he says he's trying to figure out this Twitter thing. Figure out the live radio thing. You are, you are, you you are a veteran. You are from the old school. You, you like you live your character. This is the they actually had like this actually had again like kind of like the Matt Riddle to Lacey thing because you know it's a a girl and a guy. Yeah. You know the Becky Lynch Edge thing was like I mean yeah of course we all know it's pro wrestling so there's always a very good chance it'll work. But it was so personal and so like just kind of out of nowhere. You kind of, I mean, at least me, I kind of did say, man, maybe they, maybe they are just kind of just uh, shooting a little free here. Yeah. Um. So just 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 let it ride. Let people's imagination go wherever. Don't go on the radio and say, hey guys, hey guys, it's good. It's all scripted. <laughs> like what? Like what are you doing? Grandpa, I mean, come on, Grandpa. What? Right. Like what are you doing? I mean, I. I <laughs> <laughs> what I, I I was dumbfounded. I, I, I was yeah. What a wild <laughs> comment there from Ric Flair to just give it away like that. I I'm like anticipating Edge and Becky on Twitter today to be like, okay, I guess we're friends. <laughs> I guess this is over now. I, I don't know right. how you get a good like, faith keep it going, right? So. What right? I mean what. <laughs> Like, and this, I mean, obviously, I guess, you know, I mean, Rick, I mean, this is not the first time where Rick has said something that he probably shouldn't have said in terms of, in terms of like, you know, revealing or giving things away. He's had other incidents. I mean, but I don't know. I just, that just seems like so obvious. Like, like Rick, why would you, why would you go on, 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 like you've been in the business for 40 freaking years. Why would you go on live radio and just say, yep, it's work. (laughs) I mean, he maybe you know he's he's having the time of his life right now. He's freewheeling. He's just shooting from the hip at the moment. So I mean, if he wants to call something out as work, I guess he's gonna do it. Who's gonna stop him? I don't know. Oh, oh this this one really. This, as soon as soon as this happened, and I heard it, I like literally it was like I had like it was like the the scene from the one Naked Gun movie where everybody just slaps their forehead and Leslie Nielsen gives the the guy the gun back. I just just slap my forehead and and and, and, and all. Uh, well, let's move over here to some WWE developmental news. Uh, ESPN reporting that former UFC women's featherweight champion Chris Cyborg Justino says she's going to be testing the free agency market here after a fight at UFC 240 on July 27th. Now, should we noted that Cyborg has made a lot of noise on social media about her interest in joining WWE. She was even at the WWE Performance Center this past January, though she didn't do any training. It's being described as her just kind of being in town for an event, and she decided to come by and see what the Performance Center was up to. You know, with Ronda Rousey out right now, do you think they could – do you think that – because Cyborg is a bit of a different case here because she's had a couple uh, issues in the past, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not a, a proficient UFC uh, uh, pundit, I should say. Um, but do you think they, Do you think there's the same value or near value in a Cyborg as there was a Rousey type? No. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, she might have some value, but not it's not Rousey's level of yeah. what Ronda had going okay, going so coming in. What kind of value do you do you see value then? I I should say in her in WWE. I mean, I, I mean it'll it'll get I mean it'll get it'll get covered. You know, like you know ESPN and and certain and, and publications will 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 acknowledge it, but I don't think that she's going to uh, move the needle the way Ronda Rousey's um, appearances did like you know i mean like when rousey at mania 31 when rousey was brought you know was brought over the barricade by the rock and hip toss triple h like that was a huge deal um and then obviously you know her coming into being a regular and becoming champion and all that stuff in the past year i, I cyborg's not going to do any of that that's not going to she's not going to move the needle you know she might she might be a, a viable character and she might you know pick up on the craft and and be able to hang so to speak like but i don't she's not going to move the needle the way Ronda Rousey did well, and and the thing with her, you know, as I sat and I thought about, you know, where where she could probably be best used in the landscape is like, yeah, I don't really know uh, if she brings main event level att- uh, attention like Ronda Rousey does, uh, but yeah, she has some clout there. And look, Shayna Baszler is the current NXT Women's Champion, and she has successfully run through some of the top talent in that division here. A one off at a at a takeover where you get Cyborg up to to work in a a, a match with with Shayna. I feel like, you know, with their their MMA backgrounds, that'd be a big win for Shayna and a great way to, you know, do a kind of exhibition bout or novelty bout on an NXT card where we've never really seen anything like that, you know? I'd go for that, and I think that that would have that would be beneficial like you said for for Shayna. Um and would be it would fit the that that one-off situation would fit the um the NXT takeover kind of model, you know, kind of, you know, when, you know, when we've seen, you know, like, you know, Jushin Thunder Liger, we, you know, we've seen some, That's true. That's some true. novelty acts. So I could buy it in that. I don't, again, I don't really buy Cyborg as like the next regular in the, in the, in the, in the women's division. And, and also, I think there's also something to, um, oversaturating the, I mean, look, you know, you have Ronda Rousey, you have Shayna Baszler, you know, Sonya Deville, you know, carries, you know, like an MMA kind of background and character. Like there's, you know, at what point do we have too many, you know, martial artists uh, that are, you know, I don't know. I just feel like we might, might be starting to do too many carbon copies. I don't know. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I don't, on the men's side, you know, there's uh, a proliferation right now of legitimate, like MMA backed uh, guys right now. And they all seem to work real well together. They're adapting to the, the, you know, the, the newer, quicker style, I think as well. So I don't really know that it's a saturation so much. I think it's just the proper pairing. That's why I say like with Cyborg, I, you know, again, it's like, I don't know how quickly she's going to get up to speed on wrestling or what her limitations are going to be. But, you know, for one-off bouts, especially with somebody like Shayna or, or putting over, Maybe you know somebody like a Sonya Deville if this if this one goes well. Who knows? Well, um, well and all the and all the hypothetical has, has do we know has Cyborg ever trained in pro wrestling? Well, we, again, it's like well, she did say she, in this interview I think with ESPN that she's done some training here. But the the update we got in the post or the background info we were providing the post is of course that she was at the performance center in January. So again, it's like I don't think she's ever done any serious training. I think that her most of her training has been MMA based. But I think that she you know some. Basics, maybe, already, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, also in the world of NXT, we got some new ring names. Uh, three new talents. Uh, Garza Jr., no longer. He is Angel Garza. ACH, now going to use the name Jordan Miles. And Jonah Rock will now be called Bronson Reed. All new names. Um, I really do believe that this has a bit to do with the John Moxley thing. And the and and the CM Punk the the wave of indie guys coming in and keeping their names I don't think that happens anymore I think that they were like man we are really glad we called him Dean Ambrose and did not get John Moxley over and let him run to AEW does that make sense? It makes sense and on a fourth one I don't know if you talked about it on a 
episode of the Winkley that I haven't been on. Uh, DJZ is uh, got a new name. He's uh, uh, Joaquin Wild. That's true. I saw that one. I liked that one. Joaquin's a cool name. Well, and that and that uh, the reason being, um, uh, it, I guess it, the reason behind that is, uh, uh, I believe Joaquin is the name of his. I think it's his uncle. Okay. Um, that has like an ins- kind of like it was an inspiration to him, and then uh, Wild because of you know the style and the ring he does. So Joaquin Wild. Okay. Uh, Chris Jericho has pulled out of AEW's Fighter Fest. He has said that since the event is being streamed for free, he's not going to be on it. So anybody looking to to see Jericho on the free stream, you're out of luck. Um, I love that Jericho, by the way, and as again, it's like we were talking earlier about how Ric Flair just gave away the business. Uh, Jericho unabashedly still trying to be a heel, like the top heel at AEW, considering how popular he is, ambitious, and he's doing it very well. A testament, a testament to Chris Jericho. I feel that he's so great in this role. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah, I like the fact that he's he's committing. Yeah, I mean, it's like everybody's like, ha ha ho, yes, yes, AEW is so much a love fest, and then you have Jericho, like, no, we need a heel. I will be that heel. It's great. It's hard to do. He's wonderful. Uh, G.O.D., the Gorillas of Destiny, uh, in a post-New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion promo, called out the Usos and Revival. And G.O.D. has done this a a bit here recently, uh, talking about how they want fresh blood. Um, Both teams have responded via tweet, you know, basically saying, sure, you know, we seem to be in demand here for matches. Um, But, you know, they they were successful in defending their IWGP uh, tag titles uh, at Dominion. Coming back here to the States, I believe, for more this uh, this summer with Ring of Honor, really the big traveling uh, elephants at the moment, in my opinion, for, for ROH. These guys are the most popular. I've heard at all those shows. So I, I'd be interested to see what the summer looks like if G.O.D. does kind of come over here in North America and spend some more time and find unique peer pairings for them because they really have spent so much time in Japan. Uh, I'm interested to see how much more they could grow here in the States if they if they keep staying over here. Yeah, a lot of buzz, like I said, a lot of buzz for them over there. So uh, could be, could be uh, another big player yeah. when they come over here. Uh, and our last news story here, uh, an unfortunate one, the Daily Beast, not a, uh, a traditional news source we use here on the show, uh, but they were the first to report that former WWE and Impact superstar Tyrus has reportedly been removed from Fox Nation following a sexual harassment complaint from his co-host Britt McHenry, uh, allegedly – uh, Tyra sent text to McHenry, which contained lewd and sexual statements. Uh, he was originally the co-host of UnPC with Brit before being moved to his own show, Nuff Said, after a personal dispute had occurred between he and McHenry in April. Uh, he was questioned by The Hollywood Reporter, Jeremy Barr, via Twitter about the incident, to which Tyrus responded, No comment and don't message me again. According to two sources who previously were employed by Fox News, Tyrus had a history of making jokes and comments in politically incorrect nature, adding that his sense of humor is considered to be quote-unquote wild. It was said by others with knowledge of Tyrus's professional environment that he had a long history of acting outwardly angry towards crew members. As of now, Tyrus has not made any statement on the incident. The co-host and complaintee McHenry has yet to comment either. Rough story here. Uh, I've spent time with Tyrus. Um, you know, obviously my interaction is very different than I would imagine his interactions are with journalists and things like that at, at Fox News. But you, uh, you've you spent some time with Tyrus, I believe, as well on the independent scene. Yes? Yeah. Um, uh, was in, uh, I think it was in Rome, Georgia. Uh, we I managed against him in a main event on an iPay-per-view. Um, and, you know, again, like you said, you know, different environment and 
the language and communication being spoken than probably what he you know what he's got going day to day in a in a Fox News studio. Um, you know, he was. I mean, uh, uh, he. I mean, I do remember his personality. He did have a very. I mean, he had a very big personality. You know, jokester. Um, I'm sure. You know, but I. You know, yeah. I mean, this is unfortunate to hear. I mean, obviously, this is um the last. Last few years in, in, in the media and Hollywood world, you know, it's been a lot of, you know, this is a lot of the whistleblowing and and, and uh, calling out um, for things like this. You know, again, we don't know what's true, what's not. Um, so it's it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation because, you know, let's because especially, you know, all, all, all we're going to remember now is this headline, you know, not knowing what actually, you know, not knowing if there were any texts or if there, you know, what interaction, all we're going to know is this headline. Unfortunately, this is the headline that everybody can remember well, and unfortunately, whether it's true or not. On, so. on that note, I would imagine, I would bet this is not the last we hear of this story. I would bet this is kind of just the, the first flag that's thrown up. And I, I would, I would guess at some point, if there's more to this, we're going to, we're going to hear about it, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, mean, it's unfortunate for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, all the, the Fox news has had like a couple of these uh, stories flare up in the past couple of years and it always leaks out. So if there's something here, I'm sure we'll hear about it, but very unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Story here with, uh, with Tyrus over at, at Fox nation. My guest at this time is a former impact global and impact tag team champion. And he is now the hottest free agent in all of professional wrestling. It is Eli Drake. Eli, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Of course, thank you for coming, uh, having me come on. Uh, hottest free agent, I, I will take that. I mean, you are. The, the news just hit the uh, the old news, you know, whatever, the news ticker yesterday. You tweeted it out. You are now officially a, a free agent. Um, wh- what led to this? Why Why are you no longer with Impact Wrestling, and why are you out there as a free agent? Uh, well, it was a decision I made uh, a little while back earlier this year. Uh, I talked to them about the idea that I was probably going to move on. Uh, we discussed that. Of course, everybody knows it didn't come quite to the end that we had expected in uh, in April. Uh, but after talking it out, uh, credit to uh, uh, Ed Nordholm over at Impact, uh, we kind of just hashed everything out and, and figured it all out, how we could move on free and clear with no 12-month non-compete, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and as of, I want to say, Monday or Tuesday of this week, uh, officially, I am uh, good to go and move on. Wow. Now, a lot of this, it seems, uh, uh, your your departure seems to have stemmed from some, like, social media comments, right, from right around when United We Stand came about. Do you, uh, do you I, I hate to say regret, but, you know, what are your impressions of the backlash you received from declining that match with uh, Tessa Blanchard there? Uh, I, I, I don't regret it. Uh, I don't apologize. Uh, I, I don't feel any of that. Um uh, I feel a particular way about the wrestling business. Uh, and I've seen a lot of changes and there's a lot of parody wrestling and there's a lot of uh, play wrestling, if you will, that exists out there. Um, comedy has its place in wrestling, all that kind of stuff. Silliness has its place in wrestling. Uh, but I feel it's still got still to be some level of, of believability. Um, and again, Tessa is an incredibly great wrestler. I think she's probably the greatest female wrestler in the world today. Uh, at the same time, I am 90 pounds heavier and half a foot taller, if not more than that. Uh, so I don't know. You look at something like that, it just doesn't look super realistic and uh, not a knock against her or anything else. It's just, why do I want to do that knowing I'm leaving the company and I know what the outcome is going to be. So uh, it was not a knock against anybody, not a knock against anything other than me just kind of trying to protect my own brand. 
Okay. And so if it was uh, maybe somebody like Awesome Kong or a woman that wasn't uh, quite the size of Tessa Blanchard, you would maybe be more open to an intergender match like that. Would that be fair to say? Much more. Be- absolutely. Much more believable to me. Um, uh, you look at China, for instance, more believable. Um, and, and that's just that that's that's the reality and nature of the business is, is you know, uh, the, the size does make a difference. Now, so. ob- obviously, you know, there were some vocal fans out there, right, that, that jumped on you. But what was the reaction from the locker room like? Were, were wrestlers uh, talking to you about your decision to not to not take that bout? I, I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of text messages from guys just like, thank you for not taking that. Thank you for not doing it. But, but it, it, to me, it wasn't really like a, it wasn't like a political stance or anything like that. But I mean, like, uh, I mean, a lot of people I think took it that way, one way or the other. Um, I, I don't honestly think that most of the people in the locker room cared. Um, I think some people saw my side. I think that some people uh, saw the, the side of why I should do it. Uh, but nobody was, nobody in the locker room was all that vocal about anything. Um, uh, you know, I've got my core group of guys that I would hang out with and everything else. And, and nobody really had a whole lot to say about it, except that, uh, well, except nothing really, because nobody had anything to say. So um, it, it, it wasn't really an effect because uh, I had showed up to TV a couple weeks after I turned down that match and everything was honky dory. And I talked to Tessa and I talked to everybody and everybody was cool. Okay. Now, uh, what about your views on hardcore uh, deathmatch wrestling? I know that was a big part of your persona in the waning days of, of Impact. You were outspoken about that. Were those beliefs genuine? Do you not see a place for that, or do you, or, you know, it's rolling in pro wrestling? The, 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 the deathmatch thing. Well, first of all, now it's over done. Um, but if you have, if you're a hardcore feud, something that can build up and it goes to some sort of crazy match, that's fine. But like, I don't know, just two random guys who have no backstory all of a sudden just you know hit each other with uh, light tubes and, and, and stupid crap like that it just, it just doesn't it kind of cheapens the whole thing um so you know and, and a lot of guys do that kind of as their way basically that's their whole personality it's like a guy who uh, you know is bland as hell and then goes out and buys himself a maserati uh, that, that's his whole personality now yeah I. Uh- now, you uh, you also wrote, spoken a bit about, you know, the, the creative team or creative decisions at Impact Wrestling. Talk to me a little bit about, like, what your relationship was like them and, and where those frustrations kind of stem from. Well, I, mean, I, I think it just was based on, if you're, if you're looking at last year, I mean, it's just the idea that my contract was up. They didn't know if I was leaving. I didn't know if I was leaving. And so, of course, I mean, you're going to be written a particular way when it's believed that you might be leaving. Um, so I, I got all that. And actually, to be honest, I really enjoyed the things that I was doing for the last couple of months. I enjoyed the stuff with Abyss. I really enjoyed the stuff with Eddie. Eddie and I always had an amazing chemistry. Yeah. He's a, a friend of mine. Um, so that was always good. Uh, and, and as far as creatively, here was, here was one of the most repeated phrases I would hear backstage, especially when I had to do backstage promo, backstage segment. I heard both from Sanjay Dutt and I heard from Jimmy Jacobs. They would both say, you make my job so much easier because I could go back there and do a take one time and be done with it. And it was solid and move on. And so the fact that they would kind of let me do my own thing, they always had an idea of what they wanted to do, where they wanted it to go. But at the same time, it was kind of like, here's what we want. You know how to do it. Let's make it happen. And that was pretty much how it was. And I loved that freedom and that trust. 
That's awesome. Um, you know, but what talents at Impact right now do you think that maybe Impact could be doing more with? Is there anybody you think that's being underserved at the moment? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's not really it's not really my my vision. It's not really my my company to make that call on. Um, obviously, there's there's a lot of great talent. I think that sometimes it's just kind of. Uh, sometimes if you have so much talent, there's always new talent coming in. It just makes it kind of hard to, to get a foothold on, you know, particular talents really kind of shining. Um, but I mean, one guy that I always think had the full package is, is cross uh, killer cross is solid. So, I mean, I, I don't, I haven't checked in with the product since I've left. If I'm honest, I haven't checked in with any products since I've left. So I don't watch WWE. I haven't watched anything. So, um, as far as I know, he was doing pretty well before, but who knows at this point. So what would you say now here that, you know, you're leaving impact. What were your highlights for you? What were some of your favorite memories from your time in impact wrestling? Well, I mean, if you're talking about uh, on screen, I mean, basically becoming world champion, uh, King of the mountain champion, uh, the tag team champions with Scott Steiner. Are you kidding me? Uh, and, and just the fact that like, I got to go places I'd never been before and I was being paid to be there. I'd never been to India. Um, you know, I got to go wrestle in the UK. Uh, I think that night we actually made a event at the, at Wembley, and it was like, I think it was uh, who was it? Me and Matt Hardy, I think, against like James Storm, and I forget who the other guy was actually. Unfortunately, um, but but it was a fun time. It was amazing. Um, I, I think I won the, the damn uh, Feaster Fired briefcase like Twice. every time I was in the match. Twice, um, 2016 and 18, I believe, if I did my research. Right. Well, well t- okay, I'm sorry. So in 17, it was called, what was it called? Race for the Case or something. Mm-hmm. So I just lump them all together. Okay. Um, but I got, I, so I got one in 17 too. Okay. Uh, but then, you know, backstage, uh, it was just, it, it was an amazing atmosphere. Uh, lots of good friends there. I was considered party dad. Because uh, I was a guy who would always get the uh, the party buses set up, and we'd go out to a club or you know wherever for one night of the loop, usually in the end of the loop. Um, so it, it was always a damn good time. That's awesome, dude. Uh, now you were there with Impact before the new regime came in. Uh, you were there when I believe Dixie was still in charge. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, you yes. were. You're you're one of the, you were one of the last really to to roll over in between those two eras. You know, because there seems to be a whole different crop of people on top there now. How different was it? before backstage as opposed to what it is now there i I really don't feel like it was that much different and and for me the only thing that changed was (laughs) there were always the rumors of like you know you'd read or hear online like the impact's gonna close and that first year it was the first time i'd experienced that i'm like oh damn am i out of a job what's about to happen and then you notice oh everything's fine we continue on and then it would happen the next year. It's like, oh, am I about to be out of a job? And then we'd be fine. And then if I'd hear it the next year, then it was like, okay, I've, I've, I've seen this movie already. I know how it ends. Um, but as far as backstage, anytime that I've been there, with few exceptions, obviously you're not, not everybody's always going to be happy. The morale has always been good. It's always been very relaxed backstage. Uh, nobody seems like they're walking on eggshells. It doesn't seem like there's people stabbing each other in the back. Um, it's always been really good. What do you make of uh, the doom and gloom? Because you brought that up there, how people are like, oh, the company's closing, right? You see that online and stuff like that. Like, what do you make of fans that have that inherent attitude towards Impact and TNA? I, I, I don't know. See, I feel like that's just like the new, you know, Twitter troll uh, environment that we've created. People just kind of, 
you know, want to wish bad upon other people because misery loves company, right? Sure. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just it, those aren't, as cliche as it sounds, real wrestling fans because if you were, you don't want to see a company completely go away. But it seems like that's what, you know, some people wish. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after being there for a few years and hearing it over and over and over again, it's just like, okay, I, I, I get it. Um, but I, I will say, uh, since Anthem had come in, the, the actual structuring of everything just seemed a little bit more sturdy. So even when you'd start to hear those things again, it was just like, okay, we're, we're good. Okay. Well, you are a free agent now. Let's shift gears here a little bit. I feel like we've done the impact portion of this chat here. Let's do a little forward looking here with you. Now you, uh, you put this tweet out yesterday. What kind of offers are you getting back right now? Who, who are you talking to in the wake of your big announcement? Oh, I can't just go ahead and give you everything right now. Come but on. Uh, come on. I mean, we've had uh, – I've had plenty of emails come in, plenty of booking requests, all that kind of stuff. I actually got some surprising uh, text messages a couple of days ago from some people that I didn't expect. Um, so there could be some, some cool things in the works, but uh, nothing's uh, in ink yet and nothing's set in stone and never know what could happen. Never know where I'll pop up. Okay, well, you know, the big, the elephant in the room right now that seems to be sucking up the, the top talent is uh, AEW. Have you? I know you said you haven't really been watching much wrestling uh, since you uh, your decision to leave Impact, but have you been keeping up with AEW and, and the work they're doing right now? I mean, I've kept up with them in the sense of I was in town when that show happened. I wasn't at the show. Uh, I made the after party, and I stopped by StarCast to see a couple people. Um, and I haven't watched the show in its entirety, but I've seen little little bits here and there. But, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm keeping up on the news, and it seems to be all, all the buzz right now. So uh, hopefully they keep that buzz and they continue rolling on. And, of course, having a big TV deal like TNT is, man, that's, that's next level because that's what places like Impact and Ring of Honor have been trying to do now for, you know, almost two decades. And, then comes this new guy, and boom, all of a sudden now they're on TNT, big-ass network. So um, that's amazing. Congratulations to them. I, I hope they continue um, being successful. Now, as far as if I'll be there or anywhere else, as far as I'm concerned, who knows? I might be done. Maybe I'll just go home and sit it out. <laughs> that's, that's certainly a thing to do. I don't know why you'd put the, the free agent tweet out there if you just want to go drink <laughs> on the beach. Seems hey, like you want to hey, work. Hey, look, look, even if I decide to go sit at home, I'd like to at least know what my options are. Because <laughs> maybe I'll find out, hey, I've got this option, I've got this option, I've got this option, but I could go home, and that's the best option. Hmm. And sometimes it is, you know? I mean, there's a lot of money in sitting at home and just raking in those sweet T-shirt deal money uh, these days. Hey, well, think, you know? hey, I, I, I'm not a one-trick pony. i got other ways to make money. Okay. Well, what, yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> you teased it out there. What are, you, what, are you, what are your outside interests? Do you have outside interests? Because I know, like, uh, who was it, Jake Chris? He runs a tire uh, company out of Ohio oh, or wow. something. Yeah. He also has like two oh, com- wow. he has two computer repair stores as well in Ohio. I was like, what? <laughs> um, uh, what are your outside interests? You know, what else do you dabble in outside of wrestling? Well, I, you know, I, I, I was one of the I was one of the guys who was actually getting I think I was one of the top paid guys at Impact, thankfully. Um, and, and with that money, I was very smart about it, saved a bunch of it, invested a bunch of it. Um, and in the past few months, I've been taking classes on learning uh, uh, day trading with stocks. Um, and I was thinking about getting into real estate, but I just that, that's a little bit too much of an investment for me right now. Uh, so I've just been day trading stocks. I've actually been doing it pretty successfully. Um, so I've been making some good money there. So again, like I said, 
whatever options are out there, the best option might possibly be to just keep my ass at home. But we'll see what happens. You fall down a lot less and hurt yourself in day trading, I'm told. That is the truth. Although at the same time, if I lose $5,000 in a day, that feels probably 10 times as worse. Um, uh, talk to me, uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you about these other promotions as well. I mean, have you been keeping up with ROH or New Japan at all? Are those uh, entities that you would also be interested in exploring? I, look, I, I'm interested in anybody who has uh, something interesting for me to do and who's going to uh, uh, pay me well and, and they'll get a, a return on that investment, bottom line. Okay. Um, at the same time, have I extensively watched the product? No. Um, but I did check in uh, with the Moxley match in uh, New Japan just a couple nights ago. I uh, wanted to see what was going on there. Um, that's one of my boys from way back. We yeah. started together. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, Ring of Honor would be really cool to be a part of. New Japan, AEW, WWE, um, NWA even. Uh, I always liked working with Billy and Lagana. Um, and, and they seem to be making a splash even with the, uh, I guess, I wouldn't even say limited resources. He, it's Billy. So he's, he's got a lot of resources, but I think with their, they kind of almost have a minimalist approach, I feel like, and it's actually working really well. Yeah, I actually work for Billy a little bit here in Chicago. I know that while, yeah, he's he's worth a lot of money, but he's also, he's pretty frugal. He's tight with his money. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't like to gamble, you know. Uh, well, you got to be. Any, anybody who is successful with their money isn't going to be a complete idiot with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I was interested. Well, a couple of things you said that, that perked my interest. First of all, yeah, I know you and Moxley have uh, quite a bit of history together. Once I saw that, I started to look into it. You uh, you teamed with Moxley in your debut match for WWE. Is that correct? Yeah, we had, yeah, we had a match on the heat yeah. and got squashed by the big show. Okay. <laughs> um, like, you know, you're watching your friend right now. He's, you know, becoming, you know, the hot one of the hottest things in pro wrestling, if not the hottest thing in pro wrestling. He does this explosive Jericho interview talking about his criticisms of the creative structure. I mean, you know, do you – was this a surprise to you? I mean, did, did what he say reflect any of the struggles you had had when you were working for WWE? Um, well, well, I mean, I, I think I was different only because he was at a, at a different level from where I was. Um, but, but, but I think that, uh, well, the funny thing is I, I already heard all of this. I basically got the, the Jericho interview a couple of weeks before it happened because I, I saw Mikhail Fly Alley oh. and, uh, after, <clears throat> after he had inducted both of our trainer, um, or, or, or given him an award. Uh, we basically just snuck out and went down to the bar, and we were just chatting, and, and he was kind of telling me all this. Now, he didn't tell me the AEW stuff, but I kind of had an idea, but he was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm like, yeah, sure you are, buddy. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, but as far as his, his frustrations there, it's, it's something that I hear uh, really kind of blanket about WWE, and, and, and that's not a knock against them. It, it's, it's something that I hear so much, and I just wonder, like, Eventually, at some point, they've got to start hearing this and recognizing it and, and changing something. Because if your performers are all unhappy and now they're starting to be uh, now they're starting to be options, it does feel like prison and they're all going to want to escape as soon as they can. That's not a good place to be. You don't want churn like that. We've got constant turnover of the talent. Yeah. And, and it just doesn't seem like they're really listening to, to what's going on. I think they're starting to listen a little bit more if you look at some of the money that's being offered now. Uh, but money isn't going to solve everything. Money is going to kind of turn some of the people on. But at the same time, if they're, not, if they're not getting treated like adults, which I know was always a big complaint at the Performance Center, 
um, you know, one person would do something stupid and the whole group would get punished like we were children. Um, it, it's just, it's certain things that need to change. Um, and even in the pay structure, um, when, when you look at the amount of money that they're making and then the percentage of that money that's going toward talent pay is really, really low when you compare it to any other uh, entertainment or sports organization. And so even with all of that said, you would you would you would consider a return to WWE. It sounded like yes, I I would consider. But again, like I said, it depends on the offer. So uh, if the offer's right, sure, I'd consider anything. But that's a big if. Okay, there you go. Hey, uh, Eli, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here for the Winkley. Uh, you're a hot commodity. You've been doing some crazy numbers on our website, so I'm sure everybody really enjoyed the chat we had here today. Where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things online? Well, of course, you can find me on Instagram. I post maybe about once every two weeks. Or, you know, sometimes I go in a flurry uh, for a couple of days. Uh, at the Eli Drake. Uh, go find me on Twitter where I get into a bunch of trouble. Uh, at the Eli Drake also. And feel free to go buy all those sweet ass Eli Drake t shirts at prowrestlingtees.com slash Eli Drake. My guest at this time is the current Ring of Honor television champion. He's going to defend that title on June 28th against Bandito at Best in the World. It is Shane Taylor. Shane, thank you so much for taking the time again to chat with me here on The Winkley. I appreciate you having me on, but I'm not just the Ring of Honor television champion. No, sir. I am the Ring of Honor world television champion, Shane Taylor, a.k.a. Shane T, boy. The baddest champion you've ever seen, boy. I apologize. I'll get it. I'll get it right next time. You know, and, and congrats, congratulations to you, Shane. I mean, you've had a, a whirlwind past couple months here. I mean, how did it feel to really shock the world in Toronto at War of the World and, and capture the ROH World Television Championship? Man, I mean, it, me describing it to you wouldn't do it justice. But to be able to, just like you said, see all the shocked faces, everybody who thought Jeff Cobb was about to just stroll out of there, still Ring of Honor World Television Champion, uh, upset, mad at at your boy Shane for doing what I said that I was going to do, and that's become champion. Um, it was incredible. And I, and I live for those moments, the moments to make people look stupid, the moments to shock the world, the moments to shake up landscapes. Um, that's what I live for. And I was able to do that in Toronto. Well, I, uh, I was doing a little research, uh, on you and the, and the title win going in to this interview here today. And, uh, I noted uh, that, uh, in an interview you gave to ring of honor, you said that you holding the title is ring of honors worst nightmare. Why, why do you feel that's the case? Because I'm not a guy that ring of honor wants to be champion. I, I'm not a guy, uh, that is able to be sort of puppeted or, you know, walk that company line of saying the right things and doing the right things. I'm a guy that very much says what I want to say and I do what I want to do. Um, and in today's society, that's a very dangerous thing. Um, and for me, uh, ring of honor, I think has, um, the sort of mold that they want to be champion. You know, the guy that, can walk around in the, in the suits and, and, and go to these, you know, board meetings and things of that sort. I'm just not that guy, you know, uh, my background is different. I'm different. Uh, and now you've got a guy who has been held back for so long now at the forefront of the company. 
and it's going to be a problem to deal with for sure. Now, you here getting this is arguably the biggest win of your Ring of Honor career, you know, taking this ROH World Television Championship. But but Jeff Cobb, now you didn't you didn't pin. First of all, you didn't really beat Jeff Cobb here in this bout. Do you think that? Oh, t- whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, you whoa, beat him. Whoa, whoa. You didn't. I, I, I didn't really beat him. You, you didn't I mean, really beat him. When you go into a match and you know what the rules are, and I come out on top, what is that? You won. You did beat him, I should say. You All didn't right. pin. Right. You did not pin or submit Jeff Cobb in that mm. bout, though. Correct, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Do you do you feel that you know takes anything away from the win? The fact that the the former champion was not the one to really lose the title here. Not at all. You know, if if two people are if two teams are playing in the Super Bowl, but one one team is missing a player due to injury, does that Super Bowl not really count? Can they not? You know, what I mean, are, are is there going to be an asterisk next next to their win? No, it's no different here. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked Ring of Honor into making that match a World Television Championship match. Right. I did that. Right. I knew what I was doing. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I had a game plan. I walked into Toronto. I executed that game plan. I walked out Ring of Honor World Television Champion. Now, they've asked Jeff Cobb if he wanted a rematch. He said no. So what does that tell you? I, that's, <laughs> well, I mean, that's a great question, though. I mean, I was going to wonder how you feel about the fact that, yeah, he doesn't want this World Television title shot and has instead seemed to move on to, to another opportunity here. He's going to get a world mm-hmm. title opportunity against Matt Taven at best in the world. And, and that's all well and good. And like I said, you know, in another interview, he knows what the first two matches we had were, were like, even though he came out on top and I've always lived by the philosophy, like my dad taught me, uh, even if you fight someone, whether you win, win or lose, you make sure they never want to fight you again. Uh, and I believe that may be the case here. But I do believe at some point um, we're going to have to have so, sort of that Ali Frazier uh, settle up of things because um, I, I don't like having losses on my record without the ability to avenge them. So at some point down the line, um, I'm sure there'll be a Taylor Cobb three. All right, well, I'll ask you here to, to put a button here on the on the Jeff Cop dog a little bit. You know, he's going after Taven here for the world title. You know, who do you think would make a better ROH World uh, Heavyweight Champion, Cobb or Matt Taven right now? Uh, to me, it, it doesn't matter. I have no preference on either one. Uh, if if Cobb wins, fantastic, great for Cobb. If Taven wins and, and continues the role he's on, fantastic, great for Taven. Uh, my concern right right now is being the greatest and most dominant Ring of Honor World Television Champion that there's ever been. Uh, and my goals are to shatter both of Jay Lethal's television championship records, which are uh, 567 days as champion and 35 championship defenses in a single run. Yeah. And let's go back here in a second. You know, uh, I did get a chance to chat with you against that uh, after that uh, a big bout you had at the 17th anniversary against Jeff Cobb, which was uh, still, uh, I mean, a fantastic bout that you two uh, put in there. You know, do you feel like that's when the attitude shifted towards you backstage within Ring of Honor? I mean, I haven't really had a chance to chat with you since that, but did you feel like that was the turning of the tide for you and people started to look at you a little bit differently in the world of Ring of Honor? If that's the moment that people decided to open their eyes, then they've been missing everything that I've been doing before that. Uh, 
not only the matches that I had with Hangman Page, but the first match that I had with Cobb and Philly, uh, you know, but if they, if they decided to take notice after the pay-per-view match, then great. Uh, you know, but, uh, and going in, into that, I definitely had a point to prove, you know, I, I've been with ring ring of honor for uh, about three years now. Yeah. And that was my first singles pay-per-view match. Mm-hmm. That was my first singles championship match. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, for me, I definitely have had and continue to have a chip, a chip on my shoulder. Um, and I, I have a point to prove every single time I go out there. So, uh, now that their eyes are open, they're getting ready to see, uh, just exactly who I am. All right. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about your next big obstacle here. You've got a match with Bandito, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the hottest uh, talents on the planet right now came in with a lot of pomp and circumstances here to ring of honor and lifeblood um what what can fans expect from this match between you and bandito they're going to get to see a tremendous clash of styles you have bandito who you just said you know one of the best high flyers on the planet against the hardest hair in ring of honor so they're going to be able to see him flip and fly all over the ring only to get smashed in the face by me um and that's exactly what's going to happen at best in the world. Uh, I am going to destroy, you know, the uh, aura of Bandito. And, and it's funny, you know, that you have a guy whose name is Bandito that, you know, translates to bandit or, or thief. And this is a guy that we're cheering now in, in our in our society. But if I was a bandit or a thief, you know, society would, would view me a little differently. But that's okay. You know, he's going to come into this with the fans behind him. He's going to come into this with all the support in the world, and everybody's going to leave with their hearts broken thanks to Shane Taylor. Well, and Bandito here, you know, he's currently in lifeblood here. You were in the Rebellion for some time there and have now broken out as a, as a singles competitor. I mean, do you think that Bandito would be better served uh, out on his own and, and uh, away from a big group of guys like that? Mm, I can't speak to what he would, he would be better off doing. Uh, he picked his route. He's a grown man. Um, that's for him to decide. The only thing that's for me to do is to knock down whoever's in front of me, okay. and that's him. Uh, now you you've had issues with lifeblood here for some time. You know, I was actually at the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden. You were involved in that uh, six man impromptu six man match uh, with lifeblood. I mean, how did that feel to be able to get to play the Garden and, and be involved in that? Anytime you get to be a part of history, it sticks with you. Uh, so for me, uh, being able to say that I performed in a sold out Madison square garden is, it, it still gives me goosebumps. Uh, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I definitely will, uh, remember that for the rest of my career. Yeah. You know, and you were, you were aligned with bully Ray on that show. You've actually been aligned with uh, bully Ray, uh, pretty consistently. You know, there was this, uh, this fan incident story that, that came up over, the weekend here. I, I don't know if you've heard about it or if you uh, have any opinions about it. Uh... Yeah, I've heard about it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've heard about it. what do you, were you surprised by this story? I mean, what did you make about it? Um, th- this is the thing, right? Um, being whatever character you want to portray is, is fine. Having people say stuff to, to you, um, comes with that territory but there are lines that that you shouldn't cross right 
And if someone crosses those lines, you still got to remember that's somebody's wife. That's somebody, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like somebody is going to come to the defense of that person. Um, I know if that was my wife, what I would do, uh, nothing like that happened though. You know what I mean? So, um, you show up, you pay your money, you, you know, you have a great time, cheer who you want, boo who you, who you want, say, say some things, yada, yada, yada. But, um, I believe in this social media era, people have come to think like the things that you say and do don't have consequence. You know, you can just say whatever you want and no one's supposed to say anything to you about it. Uh, that that's not the world that I come from. Uh, so, um, it is what it is, you know. Um, I would take the story with a grain of salt, you know what I mean, because you're only hearing one one side of it, you know, from the fan perspective. Um, but I I wasn't there, so I can't tell you. But I I know that some people can definitely cross lines. And when they do, uh, I mean, do we not have a right to be like, hey, man, what are you, what's your issue? You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, hell, they kick people out of football stadiums for saying stuff like that. Um, they kick people out of soccer stadiums the whole nine. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I'll switch gears here a little bit. You know, it's such a vibrant time for pro wrestling right now. Ring of Honor on the rise. Pro wrestling overall, I feel like, is on the rise. Uh, of course, you guys lost some talent last year who went off and started their own company, you know, in, in AEW over there. I mean, how much does that motivate you in the roster right now? knowing that there's other guys out there and other promotions that are, that are trying to get that edge up and, and continue to grow in the marketplace right now. I mean, competition is everything. So um, we are, we are just as motivated as we were before. Um, there's just new competition on the block. Uh, and year after year, we see this with ROH, you know, uh, we have talent that, you know, feeds, just about every other company in in the world um and once again every year we reload we reset and we continue to be the best wrestling on the planet so um nothing changes on our on our end the goals are the same um and we just keep moving forward how have you uh how have you enjoyed ring of honors partnership with the nwa has that been uh something that's excited you or uh, giving you any sparks well, I've, I've yet to be in any matches involving them. Uh, so uh, for me, um, it's cool. Uh, but no, no, nobody from there wants to get in the ring with me. <laughs> not, not the NWA champion, not the national champion, nobody. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, <laughs> Cabana's ducking you. Is that what you're saying? Cabana and all this? Well, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying he's ducking. I'm not saying anybody's ducking. I'm, 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 I'm just saying, that for me, if if I wasn't who I am, getting in in the ring with me wouldn't be my top priority. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, well, I'll wrap it up here, Shane. I wanted to ask you. You know, you you have the the ROH Television World Television Championship right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what what do you see for the next steps here in your future? I mean, what goals do you still have within Ring of Honor, and I guess in the overall world of pro wrestling? My my first and foremost goal is to be the most dominant ring of honor world television champion that there's ever been. Uh, 
immediately the first goal is to defend that championship against Bandito at best in the world. Um, and then I want to go on to do what I've said previously, and that is, uh, along with Matt Taven, become a Grand Slam champion in Ring of Honor. I want everything. Uh, I want when I am done. I want people to be able to look on my time in Ring of Honor and say that was Shane Taylor's era of Ring of, Ring of Honor. The same way that they do Joe, the same way that they do Danielson. Um, I want them to be able to say that about me. Uh, and then, you know, who, who, who knows from there, but, um, definitely want to, uh, make and carve out my legacy in ring of honor. I dig it. I love it. Hey, Shane, uh, thank you again. Where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things online? Fantastic. Head on over to ROHwrestling.com. Check out the Photoshop, uh, pick up your knockouts for everybody t-shirt. Um, and be on the lookout for a brand new shirt that is in the works right now. Uh, head on over to prowrestlingtees.com slash Shane Taylor. Pick up any of the badass designs that you see there. Make sure everybody uh, either sign up for Honor Club and get half off uh, Best in the World live on pay-per-view June 20th, Baltimore, or order Badass in the World, however else that you do it. Uh, and uh, continue to support myself and the best wrestling on the planet, Ring of Honor. Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news of the day, exposing the business with me, just like Ric Flair. Uh, thank you, Eli Drake. <laughs> thank you, Shane Taylor. You're both hey, hey, by, hey by, by the way, just in case you're just in case you're wondering, Brock Lesnar is going to steal some world champion's title. Rick, go home. Don't worry, it's all it's all a work. Go home, Rick. Go home. Go home. <laughs> Woo! Uh, if you like the show, if we made you laugh, we made you cry, we made you think here today, go over to the iTunes page, Wrestling Inc. Audio, five-star ratings, comments, always appreciated. You can also go to the Wrestling Inc. Pro Wrestling T-Store, get yourself a nice logoed shirt, get yourself uh, the Jack Journalist shirt, take a photo, tag me, tag the site, we'll retweet you on Twitter. Uh, I'll be back this Friday over on the Ringside Wrestling app for a video version of the Winkly. We do every Friday over there. Uh, Raj Geary still on vacation, so Michael Weissman will be joining me in the co-host seat this Friday for that. Uh, and then tomorrow, we are definitely going to have Scott Fishman's interview with Psychosis on the show. Now, uh, the interview that we're going to have two tomorrow. So the interview I'll be pairing with that will leave a mystery for now because there could be a change in, in the run sheet. Uh, but it's going to be another big show. Justin will be back. We promise you guys we're going to have a great time. Uh, thank you all uh, very much for tuning in. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we uh, wrap up the show? Follow me on social media. And if you're, you're in the Pittsburgh area, Thursday night at the Rex Theater on the south side, uh, another another fun show, another fun wrestling show going on at 8.30 uh, is the bell time. It's got Hornswoggle. It's got Bull James, uh, Super Crazy, uh, Sam Adonis. It's going to be a great show. There will be a live stream as well. I'll be doing commentary on. And uh, hopefully, uh, this, hopefully tomorrow's Winkley, I'll be able to give you the details of how you can watch that. It will be free. I can tell you that much. Okay, great. Wonderful. I was going to ask you what platform you were streaming that on. All right, we'll, we'll have another hook for tomorrow. Tune in. We'll find out where Labar is going to be doing commentary. Uh, yeah, great show, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>